Welcome to The Fracture Line, the official weekly news feed from the Chest Wall Injury Society, where we will listen to all the bottom line CWIS updates, shout-outs, fun facts, and weekly banner in 10 minutes or less. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Crisco, and I'm joined always by Dr. Tom White and Sarah Ann Whitbeck. Well, I'm excited to welcome Dr. Schubel onto The Fracture Line. Dr. Schubel, welcome. Hi, everybody. If you want to just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're working, what you're, what you're doing. Not much. Um, <laughs> I work uh, at the University of California at the Irvine campus. I've been here for about four years now, and I'm a trauma and acute care surgeon. Right on. We were looking forward to hearing a little bit about JTACs and uh, our relationship with uh, the journal. Take it away. Yeah, this is something I'm really excited about. This is our third year uh, working with the Journal of Trauma and Acute Care Surgery, and uh, this is the first year where we are actually allowed to guest edit uh, the December issue. So the way the process is going to work this year uh, will be a little bit different from years past. Um, our podium speakers are all going to be invited to submit a manuscript to directly to the Journal of Trauma uh, with a deadline of uh, the middle of March. And uh, I will review each of those and send them out to CWIS uh, reviewers uh, who are going to use the actual machinery of the Journal of Trauma, uh, just like any other submission that would go directly to the journal itself, to do the review process. Um, it'll probably be th through several iterations. And then the top papers, uh, based on the scoring and the reviews, will be asked to uh, publish in the December issue of 2021. Well, that's fantastic. Have we done this before, or is this the first time we've done this? So this is our third year working with the Journal of Trauma, um, but in the years past, uh, it worked a little differently insofar as we just collected what we thought were the best papers and then had them submitted to the journal, and then the journal would do its, its own internal review. Uh, the difference between the process uh, the past couple of years and the way it goes this year is that we've actually been invited into the journal itself. So I'm going to serve as the guest editor. There's about 10 members of the Chestwall Injury Society that will serve as reviewers, all people that have reviewed for the Journal of Trauma before uh, and are either in the leadership structure of the society or are members of the Publications Committee. And that group will be doing all of the reviews from inside the journal as opposed to doing an external process that then gets submitted. Uh, I think this will drive up, uh, potentially drive up the acceptance rate um, of, of, of manuscripts to the journal itself. We had three published in the CWIS edition last year, and I'm aiming for at least five or six this year, uh, assuming that we get a high enough quality of paper. Sebastian, is that five paper uh, an upper limit? Is that is that uh, solid, or can there be more? There's no limit. Um, whatever we get, uh, we will review, and uh, everything that we as a group deem worthy of the Journal of Trauma. Uh, I would love to publish all 20 podiums. Uh, if they're all that good, then I will submit all of those uh, through the process and then give them over to Dr. Moore. He does have final editorial rights, as he should. Uh, he is the editor-in-chief of the journal, and, and, and he needs to keep that, uh, that oversight. So just because we push it through, uh, uh, our process doesn't 100% guarantee that it will be published, but the probability goes up dramatically. Uh, this is the way that most of the other major trauma societies that are affiliated with the Journal of Trauma have been allowed to do their uh, editions. Um, East has several, the AAST, Pediatric Trauma Society, et cetera, et cetera. This is the first time that the Chestwall Injury Society has been granted that same access. Um, and the acceptance rate for those other societies is fairly high. Once you have a podium and you get through the review process in East or AAST, if that group decides that this is a manuscript worthy of the, the Journal of Trauma, uh, I think about 80% of those end up actually getting published. So um, if we have a really robust number of manuscripts that 
that meet our threshold, I think most of those will probably end up meeting Dr. Moore's as well. Well, I, I, I'll state uh, the obvious. This is a big freaking deal. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Can, you, can you spend a moment telling us, telling us how we got here? Oh, yeah. I'll, I will put it in one word, Fred. Um, <laughs> he has been working very hard uh, to establish this relationship. Uh, and uh, he has asked me to help him with that. I actually really wanted him to serve as the guest editor for this because this is the first time we're doing this. This is very much his baby, and obviously he, uh, being at Denver Health, has a really close relationship with Dr. Moore, uh, and obviously is you know, past president of our society. It all made sense. Uh, but he wanted the chair of the publications committee to be in charge of this. Uh, I was in charge of the process last year. I think it went fairly well. Uh, he wanted me to be in charge again this year. This is my last year as the chair of that committee. And um, so um, I'm happy to do it. He's going to be working with me very closely, as are you, Dr. White. Um, so, you know, this is, it's, it's the Chestfall Injury Society. We are a very tight crew. Uh, this is not uh, a big behemoth organization. Uh, there's not a lot of stuff that we don't do uh, with the inner circle of, of people that are really dedicated to this organization, working uh, hand in glove and working together. So I'm, I'm really excited to get this process going. We've already had our first two papers, actually. That's incredible. It is a big deal. It's amazing. Sierra, do you want to talk about uh, summit updates? I sure do. Um, registration is climbing. I think we announced last week that um, our on-site approval has grown from um, the number we were at to 83. That's how many we can accept. Um, so if you want to be on site, the time is nigh to, to get your registration in. Um, if you are a presenter, either um, scientific abstract, a moderator, a discussant, the keynote, anything like that, and I have neglected to send you your discount registration code, um, ping me because I would be happy to send that your way. Um, we also have military discounts we've set up and program committee discounts. So if I have neglected to respond to any of those emails, we have a variety of codes. Um, let me know that that um, I need to send that your way, and I will. Um, outside of that, the registration on site is growing. So as I mentioned, if you haven't signed up and you intend to be in Denver, um, get yourself registered. Also, there's a team um, discount which is three or more people, and you can decide what your team is. So if your team is just within your geographical location and you have a group of you that get together and like to, to talk about cases, but you don't all work for the same health system or you know you just happen to be a, a group of people that, that connect on a regular basis about SSRF, you're a team. And uh, let us know and we'll get you the, the team code for that. Um, and that is actually 25% off your registration uh, regardless of of the type of registration that you're submitting for, whether it's on-site or online. So let us know there. Um, we really want to focus on the team team element this year. Um, oh, and we have exciting announcements. Um, our, our industry support partners are um, making their final decisions on commitments. Um, so KLS Martin has um, notified us that they will be participating as titanium supporters this year. And our industry partner, um, Zimmer Biomet, has notified us that they will be participating as a gold level sponsor this year or supporter this year. Um, so we are extremely grateful for the support um, uh, demonstrated by these organizations and um, 
hopefully looking forward to to having um, some of their participation on site. There are some really specific rules and and policies we have to follow with with pandemic guidelines and things like that. So exhibiting will look a little bit different this year, um, but, but we're especially grateful for their commitment in the face of, of all the changes. Anything else I forgot, Dr. White? I don't think so, but let's just review the, the uh, summit-related deadlines uh, one more time for the viewers. So the manuscript deadline, should you be um, compelled to submit one, and we would encourage you to do so, uh, is March 15, I think. Indeed. So, so two And they two need to submit to both um, through the process that Dr. Schubel noted through JTAX, as well as submitting their manuscript to CWIS so that we have a copy as well <clears throat> in our records. And that's outlined in the email that I recently sent. And the slide deadline for speakers? We are planning on April 1st. Um, we're discussing that right now with the broadcast team. They may need to move that forward a week, but I was actually um, speaking with that individual last night and um, it's still a little bit tentative. So I, I don't wanna take a hard, a, a, you know, or put a hard stop on that yet, but I would say regardless, it's coming fast. So yeah. it's not you, too early to get started. It's not too early. If you haven't started, you're late. You mentioned the importance of registration, and I, I'd like to just emphasize that again. This year in particular, it's critical for us to know as best we can, as early as we can, how many people are going to uh, attend in person. I know there are challenges with making decisions about uh, and committing to that at this time, but if you can, let us know and get registered if you if you plan to attend. It's important for us to know how many people are going to be actually present. Our virtual numbers, not so much, but the the in-person attendees we kind of need to know you're coming so let us know Correct. even if you even and if you, you can cancel yeah you can always yes. cancel and even if you can't register right now but you you're intending to come a, a brief note letting us know that would be helpful too but we'll put you in the probable category so, yes i do want to make a note about that because i've received quite a few emails about that one if you it's easier to have you register in person and then switch to online um just so we can hold you a seat because there's nothing, I, if you intend to participate in person, but then don't actually sign up, I, I can't, in my mind, um, do the mental gymnastics to, to hold a seat for that. So so sign up, put yourself in an in-person seat, and then um, make sure that if you need to switch to an online, do it at least one week prior, because we have to confirm all the food at one week. So that would be kind of the, the point of no return, where I need you to make a decision or not, is it one week. After that, we, we really can't do a refund. But up to one week, you can always back out of it. So we're almost as flexible as the airlines, really. <laughs> so I don't know, Dr. Schubel, if you're familiar with what we end the show. It's called the final stitch. We just uh, say anything that's on our mind. It's not, it doesn't have to be clinical. It doesn't have to be related to Stewis. Just anything that's on your mind. So I'll go, I'll go first uh, this week. I found the one good thing about COVID uh, I think last week you all, if you listened, you, you knew, noted that I crashed my trailer and flipped it a billion times and totally destroyed it. And when I went to file the claim uh, for the trailer, because COVID, trailers have shot up in price. So I got more money than I paid for the trailer brand new. I mean, when does that ever happen? I drove the trailer off the lot and they paid me $10,000 more than I paid for the trailer. Boats and trailers right now are a billion dollars. So the good thing about COVID. Love it. That's I've the got one, one plus I think I've heard so far. 
you were mentioning the airlines, and I've been thinking all week about this uh, flight, this uh, United Airlines 777 from Denver to Honolulu that had a catastrophic engine failure shortly after takeoff. Everybody's heard of it by now, but um, in, impressive once again was how uh, skilled and poised the pilots were to land that aircraft. None of them, of course, had experienced anything like this live before. In fact, it's so rare that in an interview a couple days ago, Sully, the guy that, the Miracle on the Hudson pilot, when he lost both engines after 25,000 hours of flying, that was his first uh, in-flight engine failure of any type. So it's such a rare event that experience alone isn't going to get you through that. And, and it just it speaks to the power of simulation and practice and preparedness and professionalism. And I think all those things relate to what we do every day in the operating room and outside the operating room. I just I don't have any words of wisdom. I just my head's just filled with this, this idea of, of catastrophic failures and how we can save people and save ourselves and uh, preparedness and that sort of thing. So that's my that's my final stitch. You know, that made me think, so I'm going to Chicago to teach at a rib course uh, in a couple weeks, about three or four weeks from now. And uh, they booked my flights the day after that happened. And of course, I'm flying United. So that was curious and interesting. And then the next day, I get an email from United saying, oh, and by the way, we're going to be using the Boeing 737 MAX for your flight to Chicago. <laughs> Don't worry. It's totally okay. <laughs> I'm still going, though, because dang it. But it was, a, it was a fun email to read. That's outstanding. Sarah, That's you got one? So I do. I actually am going to call out our membership committee. They have been working just hot and heavy to get ready for this summit. And I'm so proud of the tremendous work they're doing under Dr. Bauman's leadership. And so I'm actually gonna read you their names because I think it's a, a committee that that deserves some specific and um, direct um, applause. So Amanda Mueller, Dr. Carrie Valdez, Dr. Cecilia Benz, Dr. Jeremy Hsu, um, Lisa Schroeder, Dr. Vanessa Cranford, Dr. Jesse Yang, and then of course, um, Dr. Zach Bauman as the chair. And they have been doing just such incredible work to make sure that people feel included and appreciated and, and really that, that our members recognize that, that we think they do awesome work and hopefully are, are excited and ready for the summit and all of those good things. And obviously it's gonna be a, a unique experience with all of the you know six feet apart and, and some of the things that we can't do that are normally our you know, kind of summit summit standard kinds of things, but but this team has been creative and, and nimble and just really impressed with their work. So thank you to the membership committee. Cheers. Okay, well, that's it for this week, guys. Uh, it was great to meet you, Dr. Schubel, and, and thanks uh, for your work with the journal. That's amazing. I'll catch you next week. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs>